Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One. We're on! Hey everyone, welcome to a Star Wars Legends podcast, episode 5. And I know it's been almost two months, but I'm Jeremy at Stupid Chainsaw Productions. With me today, we have our reoccurring co-host. Uh, he sometimes is John Sadler, but we know him as Dylan. John Tuttle, not Sadler. Oh, I'm sorry, because I meant Sadler. And then with us, we got a special guest, uh, Mr. Matt Wilkins. So, Matt, um, I hate to put you on the spot here, but this is protocol when I have a new guest host. Okay. I like it just... I'd like to ask you a brief history of how you got into the EU. Now, personally, Dylan and I know that, but most of my subscribers do not. So That's fine. Uh, yeah, no problem. I got into the EU uh, basically from the very beginning, I guess you could say, like the uh, old Marvel comic books. But as a kid, I didn't read them all because there's no such thing as a comic book store. Uh, you could just find them at the drugstore here and there, and I didn't like continuing a story that I never read the comic book prior to or maybe the month after. So uh, after uh, a lot of sloshing around and leaving Star Wars, I came back in just like half of America did with Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Jedi, and I've been a big fan ever since. And I do a little web series called uh, Matt's Expanded Universe where I go through the entire EU in chronological order as best I know how. And Matt means heir to the Empire, not heir to the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep I get those mi- I ever since I did that review I yeah, I get them mixed up, but heir to the Empire, yes. Not the rip off of Heir to the Jedi. I don't read the new stuff. Yes, yeah, so like Matt usually has his um, furry Ewok companion with them, Yubnub, but Yubnub's probably sleeping right now because it's kind of late where Matt is. He's out vi- visiting his girlfriend, actually. It's a tweet. Oh, my. Don't I ask. don't want to hear about furry porn, dude. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can I say? He likes to party and he doesn't wear pants. What do you expect from Ewok on, on a weekend night? He wears a hood, though. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when he's being Chuck Wendig. Which we'll get into a little Chuck Wendig talk and um, some Battlefront predictions, as well as our main event, which, Dylan, what is that? Uh, the Rise and Fall of Dark Horse comics. At least they're Star Wars comics. I want to make a prediction about Battlefront. Okay. I won't be playing it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say something similar because I I too also will not be playing it. But I, wonder, I will. What, oh, there's only right. one traitor among us, Dylan. Mm-hmm. I know that book back there, traitor. I got it for a reasonable price because it's loose. <laughs> Jeremy, thirty pieces. In of all silver. seriousness, though, that's what it calls. In all seriousness, no, it's okay. All right. All you need to do, all you need to do, Jeremy. Is say ten Hail Maras and five I am your fathers and your sins will be forgiven. 
Good God. And you got to answer that phone. I'm in no, 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 no shape now to even begin to answer the phone. All right, we're God. rambling here. Okay, well, yeah, we we're rambling. A... What's the first topic? We're rambling. Well, any questions from the previous episode? I know we had one comment that I wanted to talk about talk about briefly here. Um, the Geek Addict said uh, that the best part of the Clone Wars was the uh, credits to the last season because it was over. Forever. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, wow. he does have a point. <laughs> well, I... Yeah, he does, and he's got a very interesting uh, viewpoint coming up because I asked him that once he finished, uh, what was it, Aftermath or whatever he was reading, I wanted him to compare the new EU books to the worst of the old EU books and seriously do a top ten. Like, where would the EU, now called Legends, worst fit in with these new batch of books? Because I have a feeling, I don't know, I haven't read the new stuff, but I have a feeling the old EU would give the new EU a run for its money. Is that safe to say, Jeremy? Yeah. I mean, granted, I've read the last, uh, not even the last two, uh, I've read two of the books now. I don't... Wow, really Ed to Brute? I, I, well, after Aftermath, you know. I had some Aftermath. I'm sorry, you go ahead. Earlier, and it was a lot better than that book. Um... Aftermath is by far, in my opinion, and I think um, Geeks Addict shares this opinion because he came to me right after while he was reading the book, saying it was awful. He he hated it. I hated it, and I think, in my opinion, it's the worst EU book ever read. A lot of fans didn't have a high opinion of it. it is, a, a lot of fan, a lot of fans who like the Disney new stuff, by the way, I, I need to add, did not like the book. Mm -hmm. uh, from from what I've been able to tell. No. It makes I Don mean, the Jedi into the void a a bestseller. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, well, and by the way, well yeah, yeah. And and by the way, Ordo may be Lord of the J Dance, but Chuck Wendig is not a worthy New York Times bestselling author. No, oh he, it's like a seventh grader wrote it. Yeah. Well he brags that he wrote it in forty five days and unfortunately it shows. Oh, was it for? I should have made a note of that in my review. Oh, yeah, he said he he was bragging that it took him forty only took him forty five days. Uh, forty five days, you can get a rough draft, maybe if you're, you're no, a regular author. I mean, you look rough at draft. It, it's kind of wild because yeah, an outline more more or less. Because when you look at real New York Times bestselling authors, I mean real ones. Like I mean, let's let's get over the. I'm not going to go into Star Wars here. Let's go off the rails into a good uh, bestselling author like Stephen King. Like Michael Crichton, I actually just finished uh, some Michael Crichton books, so Jurassic Park and Lost World. Uh, the, that they are smart books. They're written very well. You can tell a lot of detail. A lot of research was given. I mean, a lot of research was given. He even gives acknowledgments on who all he talked with and studied with and visited. And he's he he writes very smart. But I also know that that took oh probably the better part of a year, or if not more to get those books out because you want to make sure you have a good product. I mean, if it hadn't have been for the Star Wars label, this book would have been nothing. I mean, if he would have slapped something else onto it, you know, it would have been nothing. If it had been a Star Trek book, it would have been nothing, I don't think. 
um, only because of the big hype that they had for that series by saying this is the official, you know, for the first time ever continuation of what happened after Jedi. I mean, it was great marketing. It was great marketing. But fool me once, you know, shame on you. I don't think they're going to fool the fans twice when the sequel comes out. Yeah, um, I mean, I gave him some pointers if he ever watches my video on how how to write a book. I'm not saying I'm a, an author or anything, but I think I can write something a lot better than Aftermath. Drunk. I mean, granted, it'd be dictation. Well, knowing Windex M.O., he may be ch checking your YouTube, but he's too busy checking other people's Facebook pages and Twitter, so you may yeah. have to wait because they get first dibs. That well, is another thing. on Twitter, so they'll, he'll find it. I'm counting on it. Anyway. Um, so what's next? I'm sorry. I, ju I jumped, but go ahead. Battlefront. I wanted to talk briefly about the beta that ended like a month ago. Okay. It was all right. I don't know what anyone expected out of it. It was a beta. Did you expect the whole game out of it? Of course it was going to be broken because it's a beta. Um, it was it was entertaining. It was really it was enjoyable. It was fun. Um, was it as fun as the previous games? Well, no, but we never played those in beta. Right. Did you um, play as Benedict Arnold or a Wookiee? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So what do you think of the new release? Is it going to be all, all of that in a bag of chips? No, it has... Unfortunately, a little game you might have heard of called Fallout 4 came out last week. And that's going to kind of put a dampener on Battlefront, I think. Because Fallout 4, they're talking about this being one of the best games ever made, period. I'll be honest, I'm not into uh, video games, but I do hear a whole lot about Fallout 4. I mean, from everyone. It's it's all over the internet, all over YouTube. I mean, it's 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 a pretty big game. Is that going to be released at the same time as Battlefront? It's already or, out. It's already oh, out. It's already yeah. out. So you think that's taking all the information? Okay. It's gonna haven't, you told, haven't you um, figured out by all of Django's... Um, Live streams of it. I mean, Jenko's probably thirsty now. I mean, he's been climaxing so much, man. <laughs> I mean, he did heed my advice though when I I joined in on his first live stream very briefly, and um, Jenko, I I told him to make a chin like Frank Miller. So he made the squarest chin possible, and I was very happy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's get uh, Battlefront predictions. I don't think it will sell nearly as well as EA hopes. Uh, part of the problem being that $50 season pass. That's absolutely ridiculous. No one wants to pay that. They'll pay it. They'll buy it when they put it on sale in a year. That's also one of the reasons I'm really out of video games now. The DLC has just gotten ridiculous now. I mean, they want you to buy the game twice. They got instead of giving you the whole game like they used to do, they found out that morons, and I'll be honest, you're morons for paying that much because you're just enticing them to give you half a game up front, and if you want the other half, we'll give it to you again. And I, I predict that they're not done with that. There's going to be a third DLC 
and whatnot. I mean, they're going to try to get as much money out of that game as they can. So we, the game, the back in the day when games would cost you maybe 50, 60 bucks, and you could get a whole complete game to enjoy, those days are gone. You want the big books, you're going to be paying $120 total for everything, but they're going to keep squeezing you, 150 200 a game. And it's How not only that. Yet? With the same amount of work, by the way. They're not doing anything more special. Yeah, the graphics look good. Of course they do. They always look better. The games are always going to evolve in that sense. But the thing is, though, what you don't understand is games always evolved without the need to break it up into an unnecessary trilogy. DLC, as long as idiots keep paying for it, people are going... I mean, the, the industry is going to keep that way, and that's a shame because I think if you buy a game, you should have the whole game. I understand if certain features are gone, like the multiplayer, or if they bring out, like, for instance, I've said this before, Arkham City, where, you know, months later they brought out a new map pack or whatever, you know, something yeah. they didn't have at the beginning. But it's obvious at the beginning that they have all these maps, they have all, all this extra stuff, and yet they're only going to give you half the game because they know, they know you're dumb enough to buy the other half in DLC. Not the You'll be happy to know that I did buy the season pass. But you did, did pre-order the game. I did pre-order the game. Which is partly... Are you going to make an unboxing video? Are you going to make an unboxing video? What do you think? I'm some sort of YouTube whore here, Matt? I bashed them for five years. You think I'm going to stoop to that level? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Look, I look forward to the day where you start shilling for money on YouTube. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like the amazing atheist, and I'm just going to ask for people to give me wedding gifts. <laughs> or I'm going to be like Captain Cummings here, and I'm going to ask for money for my cat because I'm too busy buying comic books to pay for my cat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? You... Oh, well, since I want these to go on YouTube, I should probably stop <laughs> saying things like that before I really go off. Well, it's already right. on YouTube. It's live. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. Well, not we YouTube. Are live? Oh, I'm glad you said that. I didn't. <laughs> Anyway. I was about to make a joke earlier that I was hoping you'd edit out. <laughs> Don't be but now I'm not going to make it. Don't be Tristan. No, not those kind. Anyway. <laughs> all right, let's get to the main topic here. Where Matt derails me all over again. That's Dylan's job, by the way, to derail me. I'm sorry. Anyway. What is the main so topic Rise today? We're talking about the rise and fall of Dark Horse Comics. Now, Matt, you've been there since the beginning. Essentially, mm -hmm. yeah. What was it like uh, at that very beginning? Well, at first there wasn't that much. <clears throat> I think Dark Horse took their time. Uh, they made definitely quality stories to begin with. According to Dave Dorman, uh, who I spoke to earlier this year at Pensacon, he said a lot of care was put into that first series that came out, and every time after that, a lot of thought. A lot of series. I mean, uh, Tom Beach, you know, was writing stories. Cam Kennedy was there with the art. And be honest, I mean, Cam Kennedy has a style that, in my opinion, no one has copied. Mm -hmm. uh, he has such a unique style, and there's it's very rare these days to have an artist who just, you know, it was so good, but yet does not have anyone who draws like him. There are a few out there, I, I know, but Cam Kennedy was one of them who just did amazing art. 
Uh, Tom Beach was there with the story. Everything about uh, their first few uh, works together just clicked. Of course, Dave Dorman's cover art definitely you know makes you look twice at the comic book crack and pick mm -hmm. it up. <clears throat> Back in the early days, he didn't have that much out from Dark Horse. I mean, because remember, Star Wars didn't get their big oomph until the books came out, uh, Timothy Zahn's trilogy. And then after that, uh, the, the, they started working more hand-in-hand -hand and delivering out some good stuff. They still gave quality stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dark Horse at the very beginning, I, I remember... I. I I was I was younger back then, but I remember Dark Empire coming out. I remember that just the covers just looked amazing, and based yeah. on the covers themselves, I I uh, I, I didn't pick them up because I didn't think they were part of the original story. Because back then you didn't realize that everything was connected. <clears throat> even though Howard Rothman says even from Marvel days, the old Marvel comic days, everything was connected, but I didn't know that because that's not how franchises worked. You know, Star Trek had a book here, a comic book there, but none of it made sense. None of it connected to the TV shows or whatnot. There was no one big continuity. So with Dark Horse, you didn't know. But I'll be honest, to borrow one of my favorite quotes, I really like that cover. And I remember every time looking at it and just thinking, that looks so super sweet. And uh, when I finally realized that it was part of the expanded universe, oh, man, it was on like a chicken bone. And we started buying those things left and right. And I think the only original ones that I could not get, and that's because they went high in value at the time, was the individual Dark Empire. I'd missed out on those, and I found a trade that I picked up real real quick and actually got Dave Dorman to sign it. So I'm very proud of that. Drew me a little, I think it was a Star Destroyer and whatnot, and uh, signed my uh, Dark Horse, Dark Empire trade, which I'm very, very, very proud of. By the way, Dave Dorman is a fantastic guy. Uh, if anyone finds him at a comic con, uh, you you need to travel, make the trip. Dave Dorman is worth the trip. He's a good guy. He's selling his little art cards or art thing. Buy something from him. I mean, honestly, he's a great guy. He'll talk to you about anything. Doesn't have to be about Star Wars even. He'll talk to you about comic books in general. Like he talked to me about comic books for quite some time and the problems with modern day comic books. And he doesn't read the big Marvel, the big DC stories anymore. He's looking for unique art. He's looking for that Cam Kennedy, that guy who's not afraid to draw like himself. Mm -hmm. In today's world, Jeremy, you, you read a lot of comic books. You know this. There's a lot of copycats out there. And oh, I wouldn't yeah. say copycats. That's kind of that's kind of mean. Um, let me just say there's people that are influenced. You're influenced by your favorite artist, right? You want to draw like them. Uh, Greg Capullo draws like a Todd McFarlane. Uh, and there's other artists out there who you know imitate their mentors. Mm -hmm. of people they learned growing up in the business, which is, I mean, Rob Leefield rips off everyone, okay? Uh, but anyway... Well, not well at all, but I mean, you know... <laughs> well, no, he doesn't do it well at all, but the thing <laughs> is, though, with someone like Unique Art, of course, you know, Dave Dorman's all about the art, but he wants a good story, too. And he said a lot of the good story now, you know, there's a lot of potential with superhero comic books, but now it's like the, the tail wagging the dog these days as movies influence the comic books and what happens now. Well, I mean, that's so. been going on since the first X-Men movie when it uh, came out. They completely changed how Wolverine looked. Right. It made right. him look a lot, a lot more handsome, not so. Yeah. Yeah, Very. instead of like a, a dog, to what he <laughs> used to look like. But but uh, let me ask you guys, how did y'all first come into uh, the Dark Horse era? 
do you want me to go first, Dylan, or you want to do this? You should. I should probably go first because mine is less. Um, mine's kind of lackluster. I basically came started reading Dark Horse comics after the Disney quote unquote purge of the expanded universe because I again when I came in there was just so much of it that it was a bit intimidating. I'll I'll admit it still is as I'm going through it all, but when I first especially like cuz how with how hard comics are collected are to collect but when that that humble bundle that they did that had the Star Wars comics it had like 12 issues basically like the first book of 12 issues of comics and I just I would just go through all those and I really enjoyed those stories so when the Dark Horse mega bundle came out I I knew I just I had to have I had to like have these stories just so I could actually go in and go through and and I'll read them all. But yeah, I, I started pretty much right at the end. And Dylan, actually, you got the best deal ever. I've never seen a deal like the mega deal that Dark Horse did. The send-off, the New Year's Eve send-off countdown, I, my, my mouth was open. I could not – I mean, that whole last two months, they were just wheeling and dealing. But when it hit, that one hit, what, late November? That deal did the mega deal? It was – I think it was early to mid December because they they were oh was it okay yeah they lost the rights on the first of January so it was up to the thirty first and it was kind of like okay. hey yeah an amazing deal an amazing I told people to go ahead and steal you know rob from banks borrow beg borrow and steal to get the money to buy that mega deal because you will never find another deal like that ever again even though I hear. Uh, anyone who missed out on the deal and they're upset, I hear if you subscribe to Marvel Now or Mar Marvel Unlimited, right? That's the Marvel. online digital. I hate if you, Marvel. If, if you sign up to it, though, supposedly it does have all of the Star Wars. Dark it has Wars. most. It doesn't have most. Now, of them. If, okay, most if you of don't, them. don't know what you're talking about, last year in late December, Dark Horse, since they're losing the rights, gave out a deal which for three hundred dollars you got the entire collection of Star Wars comics. Everything. Including everything. the Marvel ones. Which is over nine hundred single issues. Fan it was it's a on fantastic digital. deal. It was something how much was it estimated at? Oh it was at, it was in the thousands easily. Thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars easily. If you want to buy those in digital today, thousands of dollars. Thousands plural, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely the best deal ever. They're trying to cash in on it one last time. You know what they did? They did that was, a great that deal. Was the, that was the last farewell thing that Dark Horse um, right. Digital did well before they had to partner with Comicsology because their app sucks. And before we skip to the farewell, why don't you tell us how you got into Dark Horse? Okay. Uh. I would pick up the occasional Star Wars comic book here or there is because I didn't like reading. So my parents were like, oh, it has pictures. He can, he'll he read them. He'll figure out what's going on in the story because of the pictures. So, like, I had, like, um, some Infinity stuff. Uh, like, Infinity's Empire Strikes Back, random issues. Um, I had an issue of Republic that I wish I still had, issue 68, which was a cool one-off story with Anakin. Um, but the first one I really picked up completely was X, um, well first, I started really getting into it when Revenge of the Sith came out, and I had bought the first two issues of Revenge of the Sith, the 
the comic, um, the movie adaptation, and I, I bought them at a mall. And I, I, had, I went into a clothing store to try on some clothes as a kid, and someone stole them. And I was just, I was absolutely devastated. And so my dad went out and he bought the trade of Revenge of the Sith, and that was the literally the first comic book set I like ever read. I still have it back there. Um, and then I'm like, I want some more. I want to know what led up to Revenge of the Sith from Attack of the Clones. So the first volume of Clone Wars, which was Matt calls it Star Wars, the second series. I call it Republic because that's what it ended up being turned into. Uh, it'd be Republic issues, uh, starting with issue 49. And I worked my way through the Clone Wars into Revenge of the Sith that way. And then I also started picking up all whatever I could, uh, Rogue Squadron, such. And then I was collecting singles at the time. I collected Legacy for a while. I collected KOTOR. Those were like my, my go-tos. A uh, little bit of Dark Times. And then where I got comics disappeared. They went out of business. It was a Walden Books, if anyone remembers what Walden Books was. And then years later, like I still picked up trades all the time. And then I got burnt out on Star Wars. And then Brian Wood's Star Wars was coming out, and I found a comic book shop in um, in the city next to where I live. And I've been hooked ever since. I mean, the videos prove it on here. Um you actually caught in on a very good era there. I did. Yeah, it was before Filoni got his hands on that era and ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Much to some of my fans' dismay, I do not like Filoni's Clone Wars, and it just it ruined that era. But I remember, I remember hyping up. Remember when Rebellion was coming out, Matt? Like where they switched Empire over to Rebellion, and they had that awesome. It, what ha- the aftermath of what happened with uh, the people on Jabim. Right, right. Which is one of my still one of my all-time favorite comic book arcs of all time, and just a perfect example of the EU tying together in a perfect little bow. Oh, definitely. Those were those were great books back then. They did a great mm-hmm. job with them. Uh, you caught in on. I, I, honestly. Again, I'm going to say this. You caught in on a really good time. Even though now, right now, I've been reviewing a lot of the early, you know, episode one uh, books they had coming out. And I, I, as I was reviewing them, I just started realizing that they really did a great job fleshing, fleshing out characters from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if it wasn't for the book, I mean, uh, the comp books, because the books didn't go into all these characters. So if it wasn't for the comp books... We wouldn't have known. Oh, probably a big majority of people on the council. Like, I, like I made the joke in one of my videos. There's, there's guy with horns on his ears, and there's long neck dude, and there's you know girl with dot on her head. I mean, we, yeah, I didn't know who they were. You didn't know. You didn't always. The books didn't cover all these characters, but the comic books could. And Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, you get to see him and what he looks like in one of those earlier books. So there's a lot of stuff that Dark Horse gave us that really complemented both the movies and the expanded universe. I know we're talking about the expanded universe, how they complement that, but they complemented the movies. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, they complemented more of the movies than they did the expanded universe. They were they were concerned with fleshing out characters from the movies and making it interesting, because who wouldn't want to know about that and that? Well, I mean, the casual fan just sits there and enjoys it you know, with their popcorn, which is great, but you got 
I, I hate to say it again, but I'm going to say hardcore fans, but you, they, that's what they are. You have hardcore fans going, I wonder who they are. I wonder what their story is. I wonder what they do. And that's what the expanded universe brought us through book form, but also comic book form. And that's what Dark Horse did through those episode one days. Episode two days, uh, they definitely fleshed out the Clone Wars. That was probably the best uh, The best stories came from the comic books from the Clone I mean, Wars at that a, time. It was an event, but it was an event done correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it isn't an event in what a comic book event is today. So, I mean, they had to compete with Marvel Civil War happened during this. The Dark Horse had to compete with uh, what Marvel was doing at the time. Uh, so they had the Clone Wars, and that's what Repu um, Republic ended up becoming. Well, it was right. Just, and it took every aspect of um, the war and really like flushed things out. So if, if I have to move back and just tell me, skipping to the end of Dark Horse, I have a question maybe, for you. Oh, go ahead. We, before we get that, maybe we should go through the heyday of Dark Horse when they were... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Firing yeah, when, when would you consider was the heyday, Mister? I jumped into it late. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> For me, just when I go over the comics that I love, I really think the heyday were the mid 2000s. For me, because that's when I mean the biggest comics that I, other than the old ones, because they were hitting home runs at the beginning, but mm -hmm. the ones that seem to resonate with people the most are KOTOR and Legacy. I myself being a big Legacy fan, and I know a lot of people love the KOTOR comics. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the big KOTOR fan here. That is very interesting, because the beginning was really good too, but that's not their heyday. It's really good, yeah. but I mean, certain, some things, like when I introduce, I, I introduce people to Tales of the Jedi a lot, if they want something different, and a lot of people just... <coughs> or miss with them. The same with Dark Empire. A lot of the the early stuff, in all honesty, some of it's just too too weird for the modern comic goer. But but do you know what though? Honestly, if someone were to ask me where to start, well, maybe not. Tells the Jedi is a good place to start though. But you're right. You're right. I can see that. Mm -hmm. They tells the Jedi could lose someone who's not used to the style. Yeah. Uh, the attire that they wear, the kind of storyline. They may have been like me at first when I didn't know I just knew what Tales of Jedi was about like it happened 4,000 years prior to Star Wars I was like, prior to New Hope who cares what happened 4,000 years, that's dumb that's why I used to think until I actually started reading them and I was like, I care what happens <laughs> it was a fantastic story, so and they did a really good, I mean Veach let off of the good story, and then Anderson took over, and it was flawless. You could not tell the difference in writers, which is very rare today. Because on comic books, I, I hate, hate, hate. First off, I hate when they change the artist midway through a story. I hate that. Oh, yeah, same. But, but just the same. Well, maybe a step below artist. Artist would be the number one. But when they change writers in between, mm -hmm. you can tell because the dialogue's off, the Story's not as strong. You're like you're hoping that so and so gets back in, so it can be interesting again. Uh, again, like I said, in one of my videos about uh, Dark Horse Comics. When um, what's his name? He wrote Star Crash. It was horrible, and you could just tell it wasn't a jo uh, John Ostrander book. I mean, his it wasn't his writing or someone else's. John 
Ostrander, I'm just using him as the tempo because I just think he was just amazing. Oh, yeah. But when yes. that other person came in, his name escapes me now, but, and wrote Star Crash, just a one-shot, just maybe a filler comic book. It was garbage, and you could tell the writing was garbage for it. I mean, the art was decent, but the thing is, though, you can have great art and it's just a garbage of a story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it just defeats... It's, it's sad. It's wasted art in that case. And there's a few comic books like that that have good, decent art, but just terrible story. I mean, that was that was a lot of the end of Dark Horse, Star Wars. The end had more misses than hits. Probably uh, so. I'd give you that. I mean, I've, I've, I've said my grievances about some of the things I just didn't like where they were going with. Mm-hmm. There were some things I did like. Like, at, at the very end, you know, um, Dylan, did I answer your question about the heyday first? Uh, yeah, I think you did. Okay, well, at the very end, you know, I, I was collecting them all, of course, when they came out, and probably maybe one out of the four stories were really interesting to me, and the rest of them were just there, you know? Yeah. So they were trying to get their footing on what to do next, and they were obsessed with the miniseries. And that's one thing I didn't that's, like. That's called the Mike Mignola thing. Mike Mignola yeah. at Dark Horse has made that a trademark for them, period. It makes yeah. them it makes all sorts of money when you have a number one. It's a cheap way but of the doing thing, it. But the thing with you're talking about Hellboy, right? With all the yeah. spinoffs? Yeah, well the whole Mike Mignola verse now in general. But yeah, sorry But it but it be BPRD or whatever, yeah. That kind of stuff works in his environment, in his setting, because he's taking different characters and putting them on different adventures, but he has an overall story thread mm-hmm. going through in a way. You know, like when Hellboy's missing, you you know, they just, they're continuing on the stories without him for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back in another miniseries. I understand that. And you, but that's not even what Dark Horse is doing. Dark Horse is doing just, they weren't even connecting these stories overall. It was just an adventure idea, and they just ran with it and slapped Darth Vader's name on it, or you know, oh, just something, something else. And it got it got tiresome because there was a lack of effort. Not overall, not overall. Uh, overall, I think they had some really good stuff going coming out in their last days too. Um, I mean, I think we've all talked about this before, one point or another. But uh, the second Legacy series, I was interested in seeing where that was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, it had some good ideas in it. It it had some great story plots in it, and I was interested. I was hooked. Uh, Dawn of the Jedi. Uh, that was that. There's a good example. They were coming out with mini series. It wasn't an ongoing series, but they were mini seriesing it up. But they were story building as they were stacking those mini series out, and I was interested to see where that story was going. So there's a lot of stuff they could have done right. I mean, I heard they were going. Gonna look into another Nomi Sunrider, you know, another Tells the Jedi, not Nomi, uh, Bima, Bima, you know, and explore her character. But a lot of that stuff would have been interesting, and it would have been awesome. And I just don't know, shoulda, woulda, coulda for Dark Horse. But they did have a lot of hits, uh, rather than misses in their last days. But let me ask you this: Let me pose this question: uh, If Disney doesn't own Marvel, okay, or Disney doesn't buy Star Wars, some other company does. Should they have kept the comp books with Dark Horse? Because at the point, are we are we in agreement that Dark Horse in their twilight years was kind of fading with Star Wars? 
stories? Yeah, well... Or am I standing alone on that? Because that's fine if y'all disagree. Well, let's talk about what was coming out at the end. Because it was kind of really just poor choices. Uh, what we had... The only thing that was really different that was coming out at the end was Legacy 2, which was just a sequel series to Legacy. <clears throat> I would uh, add Dawn of the Jedi. Dawn of the Jedi was coming out, too. Jedi. I would add Dawn of the Jedi to that list. I've actually read it, so... But, I mean, we had another Star Wars ongoing in the Rebellion era, which literally had no space for that, that they ended up ripping right. off Bantam books, of all things. Right. Um, we had... Um, we had the Star Wars, the Lucas Rough Draft, which was garbage. Uh, we had Darth, a couple Darth Maul miniseries from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bad. Night Errant. Night Errant was coming out with a few things. You had Agent for the Empire. Oh, that's right, the James Bond one. That was. A um, one. Uh, you had Rebel, Rebel Heist. Which I don't. I never read. Because it just didn't appeal at all. Because I was right. so fed up with Brian. Brian Wood, in my opinion, is one of the worst comic book writers of this era. By far. They, they, they had a lot going on, but let me ask you, with all that, would you take the rights away from Dark Horse and give them to someone else? I'm Marvel, DC, Image, you know, whoever, I don't care. Would yeah, you have done uh, it? Would you have? Would you have tried to keep it with Dark Horse and kind of given them guidance? What would have happened? What would What would you do? Because I understand this decision Disney made. By the way, I even yeah, said this uh, in one of my videos oh, that that does not surprise me because they have their own comic book company. They own their own comic book company. Why not just get the rights back to Marvel? It <laughs> makes sense. That made business sense. And honestly, that didn't really upset me. I mean, it kind of sucked, you know, because, you know, Dark Horse was there for the EU when no one else wanted it because Marvel was on, threw it in the trash back in 87. You know, so Dark Horse picked it up out of the trash, ran with it, did some great work with it, and then toward the end, maybe got a little lazy on the stories. Not all of them. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's more 50-50 at the end. But do, do would they, if, they if, if Marvel did was not owned by Disney... Would they deserve to lose the rights, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, because it was, if you look at it at a business standpoint, Star Wars was doing absolutely terribly. Uh, right, the last ones weren't really selling as well. They were, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've checked these numbers, but I, I think they were in the 70s. When I, I, think when, I so. look at, when I looked at the top-selling comic books back then, because I always check that stuff, and... I don't think any of them got... I mean, every once in a while, you'd have one that get up to 40 or something, or the 40s or 50s. But I don't think you had anything within the top 20 at the time coming out. Yeah, it was all well, hitting around the 70s. Um, I think that it should have just switched... They should have switched publishing companies. Um, taking it to another independent, like something like IDW or Boom... Um, that, in turn, with their marketing, that would have just t- um, really s- soared them up. Uh, the price tag is price- a good choice. That's a good choice. I think it was – again, I think Dark Horse may have been, had a bit of a blame, but I think the blame is more on the authors on the who, were, who they were putting forth. I mean 
I, I think we all agree. Ostrander, I mean, just hits home runs after home runs. Obviously, we're not talking about Austin. John Jackson Miller does really well too, but he's more hit or miss because he had he did great with Kotor, but then failed with Knight Errant. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the Knight Errant comic as much. I didn't like Knight Errant as much. I should say I wanted to. It mm-hmm. sounded good. It was okay. I was kind of interested, That's but at the same time, I, I just couldn't sink my teeth into it like I could Knights of the Old Republic. Plus, some of that cover art was horrible. Some of that art was horrible in Night Errant. I mean, just, ugh. Yeah, that was half-assing it. But Um, see, that's the thing. Why, when they took so much care of it at the very beginning, I mean, you hear about, well, I mean, I heard about Dave Dorman tell me what all care and structure went into making sure they brought out a quality project. And when they brought out that quality product, it sold. It sold big, and somewhere, some, I don't know where, I can't pinpoint it. Dylan pinpoints it in the mid-2000s, but I, I, maybe as I'm going through uh, uh, the timeline here, maybe I can help, maybe that'll help me pinpoint where they lost their compass, where they stopped caring about exactly high quality. They, I can what? tell you exactly where they lost it. Where was they that? They lost it during Vector. No, it didn't damage everything immediately. Vector was an event I complained about on almost every Star Wars reviewer's episode because Edward or someone else brings it up and it makes me all pissed off again. Uh, Vector was a cross-through event with one character and a Sith artifact, and it went from the four comic series that were ongoing at the time, which were Knights of the Old Republic, Dark Times, Rebellion, and Legacy. Although the uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Legacy did very well with it, and they wrote a good story because it was John Jackson Miller and John Alistrander, the middle two suffered, and in fact, Rebellion ended immediately once Vector was done. Uh, that, in turn, I think, was the beginning of the end, because nothing really spectacular came out once Legacy and Knights of the Old Republic ended. We had some d- interesting ideas like Dawn of the Jedi and Legacy 2, but nothing was up to par with anything after that. That's interesting. I mean, That's we had... I, I personally enjoyed Vector, but I, I, we've talked about this before, but... Uh, that's an interesting point, though. I can't argue that point. I have to look into it. That's uh, sounds sounds interesting. May, you may be right there. Because I'm thinking, what what came after all that um, invasion? That didn't last long. And then all the Clone Wars um, for oh, the tie-ins the with the uh, stuff. yeah. The, um, that's when that started. No one ever retailed that. That's how weird it was. It, no, none of it ever got like retailed. Like the Filoni stuff, because I have one, and that's because I bought the deluxe edition of that terrible movie. Um, <laughs> but they never—they didn't start retailing that stuff until Darth Maul death sentence happened. That was near the end. Uh, Invasion, like places like Barnes and Noble, didn't carry that, or Knight Errant, or any of that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what else came out after that. I think. Crimson Empire 3, Empire Lost, came out, which was, like, eight years too late on that front. Um, that was a missed opportunity. 
Yeah, I agree. They should have struck while the iron was hot. Which, I, what was the official reason for that delay? I, I don't remember right now. I remember they gave it. It's the same and, team on it, in all honesty. And they just couldn't get together in eight years to put it together and get it done? Yeah, I don't know. Crimson Empire 3 is awful. I can't wait to review that. Actually, yes, I can wait to review that. <laughs> I just remembered how they switched Luke and Leia's characters and made Luke like this very jerkish sort of person not open to anything and Leia's the one that's completely open to Kirk Canos being part of the New Republic or whatever which didn't make any sense if you don't mind let me ask a question to the listeners listeners who do you think where, where do you think Dark Horse started going downhill let's yeah. let them let's let them ponder on that yeah oh because it'd be interesting to hear what you think. And do you disagree with anything? Obviously, you don't disagree with anything I say. I know that. But do you disagree yeah. with anything Jeremy says? I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, Matt, you don't know this, but simply because you're on this, this will now be the most viewed uh, Legend <laughs> I mean, If we go by the uh, Django Why We Love the EU standard, I mean, you, you double that podcast views. So much so that he could never top it and ended it. <laughs> yeah. I think he ended it because he got bored of it or something. All the oh, networks have been talking about the Trump bump. Well, you got the Wilkins. Wibble and wobble. <laughs> oh. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't that what a TIE fighter does is wibble and wobble? If yeah, I, when a battle droid sling, flings into it. That's why I wibbled and wobbled, so that it made the situation even dumber than it needed to be. Now, I see what the thing is. I don't like the the Matt Wilkins wibble and wobble. Does that mean I'm homo? I'm a homophobe? Yeah, you're a cisgender male. Okay, okay. Nobody's gonna get you. Got it. Well, Got they it. were already gonna get us because we associate with someone called um, Ordo. <laughs> you might have heard of him. He kind of makes horror. Um, this he has one supporter. Um, I don't remember her name. What was her name? <laughs> Hold on, I have someone here who wants to talk to us. Chuck, you don't Wind like my book? <laughs> oh shit! This yeah. is Chuck Wendig. <laughs> you don't like my book? Uh, I, I explained to. Did you watch my video, Mr. Windig? Uh, I explained to you how to actually write a book correctly. I did, bigot. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, I'm going to get crucified yeah. by the SGWs here. You know what? I wrote that in 45 days. I didn't yeah, you... sleep, but I drank a lot. Oh, well, explains a lot. Um, can you tell me why you decided to have a battle droid that was actually dumber than the Filoni battle droids? And you called it Mr. Bones. I jumped. Bang went the droid. Droid fall down. Go boom. Make nuts and bolts in his pants. Chapter 12. <laughs> you forgot the interlude, Mr. Mendig. We don't need an interlude! Bigot! Dare you make fun of me in my book? You know, I'm writing a trilogy, right? Yeah. Part no. two, 
Aftermath. More money for me. Now, so, Mr. Windig, what are you going to do now that Amazon has cracked down on the five-star reviewers? Um, uh, I'm, uh, I... Amazon's full of bigots. I'm going to Facebook stalk them. <laughs> Hashtag, I hate Amazon. Hashtag, Amazon bigots. So, uh, Mr. Wendig, in your interludes, are you ever going to continue those stories that you know disrupted your main story, or are you just going to add even more interludes with characters we don't care about because we have no idea what their motives are? More interludes with people you don't care about, but I care about them, bigot. Well, I'm glad I someone. About, I can, you don't inter don't interrupt me. I am the Almighty Chuck Wendig. Do thou not know? I am a best-selling author. It took me 45 days to get there. <laughs> That's um, my I... laugh. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> How does it feel to still not uh, be in the top 100 for more than one week, Mr. Wendig? You would say that, wouldn't you? Bigot! Because there's a lot of bigots out there who hate my book. And it's your fault. Don't I sound like Gandalf a little bit? Watch my Gandalf impersonation. Thou shalt not be a bigot. What are you laughing at? Nothing. It's just, you know... Listen to me, Sandler. I've heard your mouth online. <laughs> I don't think it's funny one bit. I have an internal rage inside of me that only Oprah can quell. I love Oprah. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> that right. sassy okay. woman snatches my heart. It makes me go thump, thump, thump and wibbles and wobbles in my chest. Mm. True that. True that. Like a moth. <laughs> it digs and bags. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Uh, uh, next question. Um, so, next question. Oh. What, what was it like uh, failing uh, in, you know, failing a third grade grammar school? How do you spell big? Oh. D Y L A N. I can use it in the term of a sentence too. Dylan is a bigot. Because he doesn't like me, Wait, Chuck Wendig. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to drink Dave Filoni's bath water. I'll see you later. <laughs> Chuck Wendig, everybody. Uh, uh, what, what, a guest, a second guest star. What did I miss? That, did he? Was he here? Uh, I just went to go yeah. get Yubnub yeah, a I glass of milk, and I heard someone. But it, I, my window's been busted out. What's going on? Oh, uh, you missed uh, your uh, number one fan, Chuck Wendig. Oh, gone it. He was here, man. I mean, we agree oh, on he, something. He, uh, uh, he, well, I guess we should just go ahead and end the show because, I mean, psh, 
You... Wait, he 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 wanted to he wanted to tell you something. Uh, he left a message for you. He said um something like you you are a bigot, something something along those lines. I don't know. Is it because I hate his? Book? But he said it, it would. Yeah, he said he would know the, what it meant. Oh, okay. Um Man. um, it, we did agree on something that Dylan actually is John Sadler. I'm not. I mean... Did Wendig confirm that? Yeah, he did. Because that's something I've been... Okay, well, if Wendig says it must be true... Yeah. I mean, we can't disagree with him because we'll be bigots, so I'm um, yeah. sorry, Mr. Sadler. Sadler, it was going to come out anyway. All right, so anyway. All right, is there anyone else we want to trash talk? Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, we haven't done what we're reading, which mainly it's probably oh, okay. Dylan. What is... are no? Wait, hold on, Jeremy. What are you reading? I know what you're reading. You were reading garbage. I was. I was reading the human refuse in my toilet. Um, I and I was, was reading better... the Lost World by Crichton. Oh. Which, yeah. by the way, if anyone hasn't read those and you got interest in. Jurassic Park because of Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Totally, they're totally worth your time to read. The books are better than the movie. You're gonna be like, no, that's not true. Yes, it is. They're totally, totally better than the movie. I love both Jurassic Park and Lost World. It's been a while since I've read them, so rereading them was a quite uh, joyful delight. Dylan, uh, I am reading Destiny's Way, New Jedi Order. Okay. Still on that new Jedi Order train, you know. He he skipped Invasion. There's 19 books and two ebooks. It took. It's gonna take me a while to get through it. Well, the thing about Invasion, you don't have to. You can read it. Yes, he does. He did. He needs to finish it. If you want to, Dylan, you can read Invasion. You don't have to, but I'm halfway. I'm a third way through Invasion. I don't want to read it. If I'm going to be reading Dark Knight Strikes again, because I just finished Dark Knight Returns, um, then you need to finish Invasion. Because it's got better art than this. I don't read comics for the art. Yeah, why would you read comic books for the art, Jeremy? Chuck my dick to you just like looking at pictures? Especially when they move. No one understands that reference when we when we do it on here. Uh, oh, it doesn't it matter. We're on Minox Nest doing it. It's funny. Funny. It is funny, but no one gets it. No one was there. Always the inside jokes. The inside jokes. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I think that's it for everyone. Are we done? I guess so. I believe we are. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I appreciate you picking up. It's, it's good, Matt. It only took two months to schedule you. Mm. Next time, and approximately two hours of technical difficulties to figure out how to get you on here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I grew a beard in that time. I <laughs> did take a while. Um. Join us next yeah, time. Not your money's worth. Hopefully it's not like four months away. And uh, I'll probably talk about Battlefront and whether it caused me to pickle my liver even more than 
It did the uh, other night when we could have recorded last week, but I decided to party. Or, um, I don't know, maybe I love it and I, I came so hard that I died of dehydration. In which wow. case, it would be the final episode. Um, so, we'll find out if I Django or not. Yes, that's right. We're coining Django as a verb for splooging. Have and a nice like night. <laughs> Ladies, we're still running the Win a Date with Dylan contest. Uh, well, to answer, right. All you need to do is contact our buddy Dylan. Now, you know, travel arrangements can be made, but Win a Date with Dylan is on right now. And believe me, you want to get on this now. Jeremy, anything else? I mean, that, that hair piece is 100% real. I mean, anyway, guys. Have a nice night. Uh, peace out, Girl Scouts. And stay frosty. <laughs>